The homilies or sermons contained in these podcasts were delivered by Deacon Joe Dietz, a permanent deacon serving at St. Edward Catholic Church in Ashland, Ohio, a parish of the Diocese of Cleveland. Each homily is preceded by a reading of the Gospel of the Day. All these homilies are the same in content as those preached. They have been recreated to improve the sound quality of the podcast. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one of whom I said, A man is coming after me who ranks ahead of me, because he existed before me. I did not know him, but the reason why I came baptizing with water was that he might be made known to Israel. John testified further, saying, I saw the Spirit come down like a dove from heaven and remain upon him. I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, On whomever you see the Spirit come down and remain, he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. In the first reading today, we hear the Lord's words through the prophet Isaiah. You are my servant, through whom I show my glory. I am made glorious in the sight of the Lord, and my God is now my strength. I will make you a light to the nations, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Glorious, not in the eyes of men, but by serving God we are made glorious in his sight, and he becomes our strength. Our strength is not from the world when we serve the world, but from God when we serve God. For we cannot serve two masters, or as it says in Luke chapter 16, we will hate the one and love the other, or we will be devoted to the one and despise the other. As you may know, if you are familiar with my preaching over this past 15 years, I do a lot of talking about the world in my homilies, how we struggle to choose between the world and God. A part of that struggle can come unexpectedly, in the form of information we have the opportunity to learn about others. Sometimes it is hard for us to realize that hearing negative things about other people, odd choices they have made in how they live their lives, how badly some things have turned out for them, their problems and struggles, that sharing these things simply for the sake of their interesting or curious nature negatively impacts that person's dignity and our view of them as children of God a status that does not change no matter what their choices or struggle. This, of course, can lead us to judgment, ridicule, and other uncharitable acts. And avoiding this type of unnecessary information and discussion becomes even more difficult in a world fueled by electronic and digital news and social media, which encourages the sharing of the most intimate and embarrassing or judgment-inviting details of a person's life. The very nature of such information invites and encourages the idle busybodiness Paul condemns in 2 Thessalonians. On the contrary, however, as we decide to avoid such opportunities and instead choose to serve God, we become part of that light beam to the nations that spreads the good news of salvation to the ends of the earth. As John was told, Jesus is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. We are the baptized that have received the Spirit and cooperate with the Spirit as the baptizing church, 
called to share that same spirit with the world. But we cannot convert, evangelize, share this gift of faith with the world, or our families and friends for that matter, without an ongoing commitment to increasing our personal holiness. This means we must make the pursuit of holiness our goal, our number one goal, before financial security, weight loss, retirement, kids' education, house remodel, dream car, or that promotion. You know, they have a really nice TV commercial for, I think it's Principal Financial Group, that shows a senior citizen talking with his financial advisor about having found his dream car. Then it turns out he and his wife have to take their granddaughter in to live with them so she can finish her senior year of high school while her immediate family moves out of town due to a new job. It covers the changes the new living arrangement bring to the older man's life and culminates in his changing his financial plan from buying his dream car to buying his granddaughter her first car. The touching closing scene shows him giving her the keys to her new car, with him explaining that getting this car for her makes it his dream car now. During the commercial, the man meets with his financial advisor several times and rearranges his financial plan to accommodate the change in the living arrangement and ultimately the new car purchase for the granddaughter. As loving and charitable as that move is, how much greater if the man had been meeting with his spiritual director and working on growing in holiness, in a deeper personal relationship with God, and in turn shared and helped to develop that holiness in his granddaughter, providing not for her short-term travel independence, but for her long-term spiritual freedom and salvation. I am not suggesting that holiness and financial security are mutually exclusive, but simply that we must have our priorities straight and know which pursuit is first and foremost in our lives. While this rendition of financial planning and achievement appears to make it possible to be loving and charitable, the first does not guarantee the second, but pursuing holiness, which has the love of God and the love of neighbor as its first priorities, will help us grow in both love and charity. But let me be very clear, this homily is not about money. It is about ongoing conversion. So, how do we serve God first? Well, the first step is prayer. We need to communicate to God our desire to serve Him first, to put Him first in our lives. Acknowledge to God that we need His help to change. We need to repent of our sin. And we must make prayer more than a mindless repetition of words but a true communication of what we feel in our hearts and think in our minds. And we must commit to our prayer time with the same dedication we use to commit to so many other things. Now, people often ask, in all sincerity, how much time should I be spending in prayer? They are looking for a standard amount of prayer time. Well, if you have heard this question asked before, you are probably used to hearing a wide variety of nonspecific answers. Well, not today because I have a specific one-word answer to the question, how much should I pray? And that answer is more. We should pray more. Now you may laugh, or at least chuckle at that response, but think about it. Isn't that the standard for so many people's goals? Ask a person with money, how much money do they need? Well, I need this much more. For an entertainment personality, how many followers do you want to have on Twitter? Oh, a lot more. For a professional athlete, 
How many championships do you want to win? Well, at least one more. But the truth of the matter is that while for most of us, having Bill Gates' money or Tiger Woods' golf trophies would seem to be more than enough, Bill Gates needs to pray more. Tiger Woods needs to pray more. And Odell Beckham Jr. needs to pray more. And I'm not judging them because I need to pray more. And you need to pray more. We all need to pray more. Because no matter how holy we are or think we are, our relationship with God is not a static thing. It is alive and ongoing. And if it is not deepening, then it is weakening. It is not a goal we achieve, but an ongoing process of conversion and transformation. Wherever we are, we need to move closer to Jesus as best we can every day. But this movement, just as our relationship with God, is unique and specific to each and every one of us. We are not all starting at the same place. We have different experiences of God's gifts of grace and faith according to God's plan for our lives and our cooperation with it. But just as the servants in Matthew 25, who were given five, two, and one talents respectively, were expected to increase what they had been given, so we are expected to grow our given faith, and the primary way to do that is through prayer. One of the challenges for us in prayer is that it can often seem like a one-sided conversation. I mean, we speak, but we don't really expect to hear anything back. But maybe we have set our expectations too low in that regard. Have you ever been thinking real hard about a person who you were close to, but for whatever reason was not with you at the time? This could be a loved one that has died or a friend that is currently geographically some distance away from you. But in thinking about them in a given time and place, you're reminded of something they used to say or do that you can apply to your current situation. I'm not talking about hearing voices, but simply about remembering their words from another time and applying them to your need here and now. Well, God can respond the same way when we pray. We may be reminded by the Holy Spirit of a particular scripture passage, a prayer, a homily, or a teaching, and the words fit our need, our petition, or the point of our prayer. And in that moment of spiritual insight, we find support, consolation, or direction and we feel God's love. But of course, it would be more difficult to be reminded of the words of that scripture, prayer, homily, or teaching if we weren't paying attention to it in the first place. And the more time we spend praying, reading scripture, and attending Mass, the more experiences the Holy Spirit has available to bring to mind during our prayer time. Now, this is just one way that God may speak to us during prayer, but making God and speaking to Him our number one priority puts us in the best possible place to receive whatever the Holy Spirit wishes to reveal to us. John knew what his priorities were when he said, I must decrease and Jesus must increase. Even though we may not yet share his leap in the womb, divinely revealed, rock-solid faith, we too are called. So too our self-interest, our world interest, must decrease and our Jesus interest increase. One day, one prayer, one step at a time. As we make our way to one day be glorious, not in the view of the world, but in the sight of God. For questions or comments on this homily, write to Deacon Joe 2017 at gmail.com.